Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. And I've uh, been looking forward to uh, having uh, Jeff uh, Kinley on with us today. He's an author of over 40 books, including his latest one called uh, God's Grand Finale. Uh, he previously served in the pastoral role for about three decades. He has a television show, uh, Jeff Kinley Live, and airs each week on hischannel.com. Uh, he also has the Vintage Truth broadcast. It's heard in over 100 countries worldwide. He's also the author of Prophecy Prose Podcast. And uh, there's a picture of the cover of the book on the screen for those watching on the Dub TV network. And he does have a uh, website, Jeff Kinley, K-I-N-L-E-Y.com. You can go there and check everything out. Jeff, good to see you. Were you at the uh, NRB? I was, and I actually saw you across the hall and wasn't able to make it to you there. But there were so many people in that place. It was just pandemonium. Yeah, I guess the largest conference in over a decade, so it was well. Well, I'm sorry we didn't connect, but good to see you. Thanks for your time. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Perry. Thanks so much for having me back on. You know, the book of Revelation, um, it's interesting. Uh, people um, read it last. <laughs> and yet, uh, they also read a lot of uh, apocalyptic things into it, rightfully so in some ways. Um, how can you help us through this? Why did you take this on? Yeah, well, it's the last book that God ever wrote, and for that reason alone, it has great significance because last words are lasting words, and so you think about Jesus' words on the Mount of Olives and, and his last ever public sermon to his disciples, it was about the apocalypse. So, apparently, God wants us to know about last days things, and, and so Revelation is the kind of the, the tail end of God's written revelation demand, and it does have, obviously, a lot of apocalyptic uh, meaning to it. Okay, uh, what is, how would you, see, I'm trying to figure out how to ask questions here. What is Jesus' role in the book of Revelation? Yeah, well, the very first words of Revelation says it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's not just uh, one that comes from Jesus Christ, but it's a revelation about Jesus Christ. And Perry, as we go through the book of Revelation, what we discover is, is it beyond just God telling us what's going to happen during the end times and all the apocalyptic events and Antichrist and false prophet and, and judgments and that type of thing, is that God actually reveals himself through the book, is that it's really a book about God. And so from, from the first chapter to chapter 22, uh, we see Jesus and his attributes uh, really unveiled to us, revealed to us throughout the whole thing. It also... Um uncover something that becomes a struggle with a lot of people, and that is timing. Where are we in God's time clock uh, dealing with the rapture, uh, tribulation? Uh, I guess there's basically three or four schools of thought on that. Um, how, how come that isn't a settled issue? you have any idea? Well, I think it all really boils down to how people approach the book of Revelation, and really the whole Bible, actually, depending on your approach to the Bible, whether you take it symbolically, allegorically, uh, literally, 
uh, as Christ did the Old Testament, that will lead you, I believe, to a certain conclusion regarding uh, the timing of the, the rapture event. And, and as you said, there's uh, various uh, interpretations of that. Some believe, as I do, that Christ will return before the tribulation to rescue his bride from the coming wrath. Others see the wrath of God only beginning at the middle of the tribulation, and therefore uh, Christians will last three and a half years through that awful time. And then still, uh, a final view says that uh, there's going to be great tribulation for Christians all through the tribulation period. And so we're going to go through the whole thing and then be raptured right before Christ comes back. So, But I think if, if you look at it from a literal standpoint, you see how the judgments of God begin in chapter 6, uh, the prophecies of Paul, the imagery of Jesus in John 14, uh, talking about coming back to take his bride home. All of that, I believe, precedes that great time of God's wrath on the earth. And, you know, of course, Perry, we don't, uh, we're not promised uh, immunization from man's wrath. We certainly go through tribulation, hard times like everyone else. But in terms of God's wrath, I believe that that wrath was spent on Christ at the cross. There's no more condemnation for us. So, Jeff, let's back up a little bit, uh, deal with um, uh, signs of the times. And we never, I think if you were there, you heard probably Franklin Graham opening night. It's not that we're approaching a cultural chaos. We're in the middle of it. Um, this is, and he talked about the coming storm, and here we are. Um, where do you put this in God's timeline? Where do you, what do you think the acceleration of the world today, where would you put this in God's timeline? Well, that's a great question. I think there are a lot of accelerants that are telling us that we're closer, obviously, than we've ever been before. The key to all this in interpreting where we are on God's timetable is figuring out, have there been any significant end times prophecies that have been fulfilled? And of course, the biggest and most glaring one is the rebirth of the nation of Israel. In 1948, uh, that event has to happen in order for the rest of Revelation to take place. And so, since that's already happened, it's sort of like, what are we waiting on? Well, now, as, as Franklin Graham aptly said, we're in the midst of this global chaotic storm where the signs of the times, as we see with glo globalism, the Temple Mount, uh, everything from anti-Semitism to persecution of Christians worldwide, uh, the rise of Antichrist spirit in the world today, a technology contributing towards the mark of the beast. All these things, I think, are like converging rivers that are leading to a great final prophetic narrative that we see in Revelation. So, you know, we can't put, obviously, time stamps on any of these things, but it does tell us that we're very close to, that. I believe, that rapture event. Okay. Uh, it was also noted that uh, the, anti, the rise of anti-Semitism today, which is amazing, and, of course, uh, Israel celebrating 75 years since 1948, um, and the rise of people pushing back on the Christian faith or those who believe in the Bible literally. Uh, there's a parallel there that's become quite obvious, don't you think? It really has. I mean, Jesus said in Matthew 24 in that final sermon uh, to his disciples, he says that before his return, it's, the world's going to resemble as it was in the days of Noah. And of course, as we rewind back to Genesis chapter 6, we see that Noah's day was filled with violence and hatred, uh, with sexual immorality, with godlessness. And of course, Perry, right now, I, I can't imagine uh, a time in our recent history that is more 
ungodly and pursuing evil and wickedness publicly than what we're seeing right now. Everything from the transgender uh, delusion movement that's going on to abortion uh, to, like you said, the anti-Semitism that's rising up really all over the world. All these things are really coming together and they're painting a picture. And again, we can't make a setting, uh, setting dates rather, but, but it is painting a portrait that tells us these storm clouds are gathering. It's only a matter of time before the rain falls. So, in the middle of all this, Jeff, we're going into an election cycle in the United States. How do we protect ourselves from a messianic complex thinking some leader is going to fix everything? Yeah, well, the Bible does predict that there's going to be one world leader in the last days that's going to come along, and he's going to take advantage of global crisis and bring a sense of peace to the world. Uh, however, in the timeline of God's narrative, uh, I believe the church, the bride of Christ, is removed before that leader comes forth. Of course, there are many world leaders that have been presidents, prime ministers, kings, premiers, who have had sort of antichrist-like features about them or views or philosophies, but no one man has fully embodied uh, that portrait that the scripture uh, really portrays of that antichrist man. So as we look at, you know, coming up on election year, we need to make sure that we are doing our best to fight for what is righteous, uh, to vote in men and women that are really aligning themselves with Judeo-Christian values, because, Harry, the only thing keeping back this this huge uh, flood of evil, this tsunami of evil, are good men and women and people that believe in these values. Amen to that. One other thing, Jim, or excuse me, Jeff, before I take a break, is this. In the last year, year and a half, 17, I think 18, maybe, major denominations have split right down the middle over wokeness, LBGDQ, and other things. Um, is that a separation, the wheat from the tares, the sheep from the goats? Well, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 clearly prophesies that in the last days there's going to be a final apostasy or a falling away from the faith. And apostasy tends to happen in, in two ways. It means really to depart from something that you once held. Uh, two ways, morally and doctrinally. And as you said, in, in many denominations, they're embracing uh, moral heresy, doctrinal heresy, and, and really infiltrating the church with worldly and, I believe, satanic uh, philosophy. And so there is sort of a purifying that's going on in, in some areas that as, as people continue to embrace this, these false teachings, it's causing true Christians to say, wait a minute, what do I believe? What does my Bible teach? And it's causing them, I think, to further prepare themselves and purify themselves for the coming of the Lord. Wonderful. All right, let me take a quick break. So honored to have with us uh, Jeff Kinley today. JeffKinley.com is the website. Check it out. It's podcast, Prophecy Pros Podcast. And um, check out his latest book, God's uh, Grand uh, Finale, right there. We'll be right back. We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's Daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. And uh, honored to have with us today, Jeff Kinley, uh, come to find out. I guess we were across the hall from each other, but never really connected. <laughs> what we have now, and I'm honored to have him with us today. You can go to jeffkinley.com. He's author of quite a few books. 
uh, and check out uh, his podcast, Prophecy Pros Podcast, and his book. Uh, Jeff, what do you want people to get from your book? Yeah, well, I think the thing that we want most of all for people to get from this book is just a sense of who God is. And as I said before, God wrote this last ever book, not just to tell us about what's going to happen, but really to tell us about Him. When you think about it, A.W. Tozer uh, famously said the most important thing about a person is what comes to their mind when they think of God. And really the attributes of God, the things that are true about God, or the things that really form our own personal theology, our personal view of Him, that impacts our faith, it impacts our ability to last in the world and survive and thrive, uh, affects our ability to love others, to be uh, faithful husbands and wives to our families, everything. And so with each of these chapters, what I do in the book is just go through and, and highlight what do we learn about God from this particular section of Revelation. And in the end, it comes out to be a very deep uh, but very devotional book. A lot of people will say uh, it's, it's hard to read the book of Revelation. It's, it's hard to understand, and it's scary, so they just stay away from it. What would you say to that? Yeah, I totally understand some of that. I mean, I think part of it is just understanding that, you know, when you go hike a mountain, if you've never gone before, you might want to take a guide with you on the first time or two. <laughs> and I, that's kind of what I do in the book is like, hey, I'll, I'll be your personal guide through Revelation, just sort show you some of the pitfalls. Here's what to avoid. Here's what not to misinterpret as you walk through some of these thorny uh, passages uh, and paths uh, on Revelation. But also as believers, we really have nothing to fear. Uh, because as I mentioned, I don't believe we're going to be there when these awful events happen on planet Earth. But besides that, the, the, the thing that we learn from Revelation, especially chapter 4, is that John is told to come up to heaven. Let me show you a few things, John, before he sees this uh, vision of all the chaos that's going to happen. And what John sees is a throne up there, Perry. It's, it's mentioned 13 times in 11 verses. And I believe God wanted John to see the throne to know that all is in control. God's got the whole world, all of history in his hands. And we literally can just rest with a sense of great peace peace, knowing that God also has our lives in his hands as well. That is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, all right. So let's deal a little bit with prophecy. Um, there is biblical prophecy, and some of it's still being fulfilled. Maybe you can comment on that. And then there's the movement of prophecy today where people are prophesying in addition to what the Bible says. How do we balance this? Yeah, well, there's a clear warning at the end of Revelation chapter 22, a uh, warning not to add any more prophecies to the prophecies that have been written down and given by Jesus himself uh, to the Apostle John. Of course, it, there's some great awful penalties that come with adding to that. Uh, so I'm very skeptical. In fact, I don't trust people that claim to add, have new revelation about what's going to happen. I'm just going to stick to what God has already said and kind of find my my roots and my tent pegs uh, there, uh, my stability. Uh, but also, we do see th these prophecies now that I mentioned some of them earlier that are in formation. They're sort of like a, you know, a baby being formed in the womb. You can't really tell you know, is it going to be this or that? Is it going to look like mom or dad? Some of these things you don't know until the baby's actually born. And so prophecy's sort of like that. We, we know it's a prophecy. We know it's coming true. We don't know exactly when the birth is going to happen, but that's exactly why Jesus, I think, uh, talked about these events in terms of birth pangs. In other words, they're going to be uh, these uh, contractions are going to happen leading up to the actual birth or the prophecies being fulfilled. And so uh, they're going to be fulfilled in, I believe, the tribulation period, Perry. But the exciting thing now is that we can see these things happening all around us, and that tells us to lift up our heads. It tells us to get our lives in order. Uh, it tells us to love Jesus and reach as many people as we can for as long as we can. 
Much discussion uh, prior to the NRB, I was down at the NAB being a broadcaster dealing with all that and come over to the NRB and it's carried over there and it's the subject of AI, artificial intelligence. It's got a lot of people's brain on tilt, rightfully so. Do you think this has anything to do with the mark of the beast? Well, I think with all technology, there is sort of a balance between, hey, here's something great that man has done that really can serve humanity. But then, of course, like anything else, put in the hands of an evil scientist or an evil ruler, what happens is they abuse that and use it as a controlling technique. Of course, I, tech, I believe technology will play a great role in the mark of the beast. And, and with AI, who knows how that's going to be ultimately used. But what it's doing essentially is replacing humanity uh, with the the very thing it says it is, artificial intelligence. And so uh, Satan's really ploy from the very get-go is to uh, diminish and demean humanity so that he can then rule over it. So any amount of technology that he could use, whether it be in government, in the areas of science, education, whatever it might be, he will certainly seize upon those things. And so it certainly could contribute uh, to the mark of the beast in some way in terms of being able to uh, really network and, and categorize you know, where people are in the world and that type type of thing. So uh, that's something we have to really keep our finger on the pulse of. Good. The other, the other thing that kind of pops up here is that how do we balance um, the fear of our time and yet the opportunity of our time to evangelize? I mean, if we are really living in the last days, if, every, if the prophecies are really are being fulfilled and the book of Revelation really is literal in what it's saying, <laughs> Uh, it should give us a sense of urgency, but we may be running and hiding and pointing our fingers at somebody else and trying to blame people for the way things are. How do we balance this, Coach? Yeah, I mean, we have to be careful not to simply curse the darkness, but to light, to light a lamp in that darkness. And, you know, I think about, Perry, those first century Christians. I mean, my goodness, if anyone thought the world was coming to an end, the Caesar being Antichrist and uh, persecution and their, their fellow believers being slaughtered all around them, it was certainly them. And yet they turned the world upside down with their faith. And what did they have? They basically had a story. All the scripture hadn't been written yet. Uh, they had a personal testimony, and they had the power of the Holy Spirit uh, living in them. And I think today there are a lot of parallels between their world and our world, and we should really take some some encouraging cues from our previous brothers and sisters. Say, look, you guys stood strong. You're in heaven now. You've got your reward. But right now, this is our time to shine. I think it's the most exciting time to be alive as a believer because the opportunities are really staring us in the face. And I think Bible prophecy and Revelation is a great bridge or a tool to use to help bring that truth to others. Yeah, I can verify that. Uh, just the response from our little network, I can tell you that uh, people are really hungry. They're looking, they're seeking, they want to know what is truth. And on the Christian side, they are asking the question, what is it I believe and why do I believe it? So all of this is healthy uh, to get us to think and to, to, to move. And yet the opportunities are amazing. Um, Ultimately, what do you think the message is in Revelation for the Christian? I think the, the message of Revelation is to wake the bride because someone is coming again. You know, the story of the Old Testament is really someone is coming. Uh, the Part of the New Testament is someone has come. And then Revelation is someone is coming again. It's all about Jesus from beginning uh, to end. And so our job as the bride of Christ is to get ourselves ready and to help reach as many people as possible. Are we doing a good job with that in the church in America? 
Well, unfortunately, I don't think we're doing the job that we could do because, uh, as we have pointed out, so much of worldliness and unbiblical thinking has infiltrated the church. And so many Christians are so biblically illiterate in terms of not really knowing what their Bible says, including Revelation. So we need to continue to be equipped with those tools. We can't go play the game without a helmet and shoulder pads. We've got to be equipped as we go onto the field so the world just simply doesn't eat us alive and spit us back out again. So uh, pastors have to continue to preach the word, as Paul told Timothy to do, in season, out of season, when it's popular, when it's not, to hold the line, and as Paul said, to keep the faith until death. On your show, Jeff, uh, what are you hearing from your audience? What what are you hearing for them in the state of the culture? Well, it's very encouraging, to be honest with you, because our audience is really trending younger. Uh, We're reaching a lot of young moms, uh, college students, even teenagers, uh, with this hopeful message that's found in Bible prophecy. And they're just crying for more meat. They, they want to be fed. They're so hungry. They see the world. They see it like everybody else does, Christian and non-Christian. It's just that they want to know answers and say, hey, how can I make a difference with the time I've got left? And so to me, there's a, there's a remnant, I believe, Perry, that's really rising up uh, in the Christian community that really wants to go out there and be salt and light for Jesus Christ. Wonderful. And then, uh, okay, lastly here is uh, we enjoyed so much celebration about Israel's uh, birthday, you know, 75 years. Um, There's still uh, great concern as to whether or not um, they're going to survive in the very near future. Um, The squeeze is on, and uh, yet the Abraham Accord seems to be an interesting thing that still exists. Um, What's your take on what's going on in the Middle East? Well, the Middle East will continue, I believe, to be volatile, and in fact, the most volatile place on the planet as we head more into the last days uh, with Russia moving south with Israel's neighbors all around her threatening her very existence. Uh, scripture says eventually there will be, will be a coalition of nations that will come against Israel in the last days. So uh, their troubles are not over. Uh, but we know from Scripture that Israel will go on forever, uh, that God says as long as there are stars in the sky and the planets are there, Israel will survive. So God's going to come back. Uh, Jesus is going to come and rescue Israel at his second coming, and Israel will be back in that land again. <laughs> Well, let me just say to our viewers and listeners, uh, quite a few things here with Jeff. Uh, Looks like we may have to get your program here, Jeff. Uh, Check out his book called God's Final Finale. There is a picture of the cover of the screen on the screen there for those of you watching on the Dove TV. Check that out. Uh, His website is jeffkinley.com. And uh, where can they get the book, Jeff? You can order anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Christian Book Distributors, or wherever you order books. And your podcast, just go to Prophecy. Yeah, prophecyprospodcast.com. Good. Good to see you. Thanks for your time. Next time, let's connect, and uh, I'll buy you coffee. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good. Good to see you, Perry. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.